Hello friends. So today the episode that you are about to listen to is all about confidence, finding the confidence within yourself and choosing to love yourself despite everything that you may have done or been through and remembering that you are worth it, you are loved, you are priceless and all those things. But one of the things that I just wanted to mention in advance was some of Navi's story is a little bit dark and she doesn't go into a lot of details um, but she does mention some of the things that she has been through and so if certain things like abuse or assault is something that may trigger you even if just mentioning those words and not going into detail um, please feel free to skip this episode mark it as played and come back later or just leave it as is and um, not listen at all. Um, Know that overall, the episode I would say is pretty inspiring and encouraging, but I just wanted in case those words are something that triggers you, that you are aware of that in advance. Um, If you feel like you are in an unsafe space, please reach out um, by calling or texting 988 and seeking help and knowing that you are not alone and even if you feel like you are and even if you feel like the world would be better off without you i can promise you it wouldn't and um, i just wanted to make sure that you guys were given that warning in advance but i hope that those that do choose to listen to the episode that you find it encouraging and hopeful and helpful and that this finds you in a good space And let's dive into the episode. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and today we have a special guest, Navy Bliss, and we are going to be talking about healing, confidence, and all of those type of things. So, Navy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a love and confidence coach. I'm an inspirational speaker and I'm an author. And how I got into this, how um, is really my own journey. So I grew up in a home with a mother that was physically and emotionally abusive towards me. So I grew up not having self-esteem. So I know sometimes people have they remember this time where they were confident and they had all this self-worth and then they lost it. For me, it, it wasn't there. I don't remember a time that I ever had it. And that of course led me into this um, trajectory where I was constantly seeking love and validation outside of myself. And it led me in, onto a course of some really unhealthy relationships. I ended up getting married when I was really young and I thought, okay, everything is great. I found someone that loves me, that has chosen me. And this means that everything that my mom said about me is wrong and now I'm worthy of love, right? And that um, that marriage ended because he had a child with somebody else. And instead of proving my mom to be wrong, it proved my mom to be right. And it sent me on this trajectory after that of where my self-esteem was, you know, let's just say it'd been negative 100 before it went down to negative 200. And I 
um, went on this path where I ended up in even worse relationships and I ended up in two domestic violence relationships. And, um, when I left the second one, I just realized, okay, I was very lucky to be able to get out of this. And I realized that I wasn't responsible for the things that had happened in my past, but I wasn't a child anymore. And I was responsible for what I was allowing into my life. And, I went on this healing journey where I just knew that I had to figure this out and I was deciding what I was allowing into my life and I wasn't going to allow that into my life anymore, included therapy, included coaching. And through that, I was able to find my worth. And as I found my worth, I realized, okay, like all of this stuff that I'd been seeking in all of these relationships, because I mean, I think ultimately what we're looking for, what we all want is we want to feel good in our own skin. Right. And, um, I'd been seeking that outside of myself the whole time. And when I found it within myself, I realized, okay, wow, I I don't need this outside of me anymore. But at the same time, that's what made me a magnet to the things that I wanted to healthy relationships, but also, um, my passion and purpose. And now what I do is I, I teach people all about confidence and attraction because attraction is the same thing, whether you're wanting to attract um, your soulmate or your soulmate client. That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. And I think that for those of us who have been abused, it's so hard not to internalize other people's actions into our own worth and our like how we view ourselves and I think that it's so important when we're working on our healing to remember that we can't base our healing off of other people's actions and whether or not they're changing whether or not they apologize and to remember that no person can be everything for somebody whether it be a spouse whether it be a friend And we can't just fully rely on one person to give us our worth because then we'll never be happy because then every single time they do something that either hurts us intentionally or unintentionally, we're then going to take it upon ourselves to think that that means that we're not worth anything when in reality, that's more about them than it is about us. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it will, it will cause a sting. Your wounds are the things that sting, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you have, like, I have black hair. So if you were to say something about, um, you know, um, like, uh, about you not liking my blonde hair, like I, you know, that doesn't sting, right? Because it's just like, I would think, okay, well, you're crazy, right? That's the thought that's going in because that's, that, that doesn't even apply to me. I don't even have blonde hair. Right. But there's, (laughs) because it's something that I'm so certain about, but when we, it's the same, but whatever is stinging in your life, when, whenever we're getting hurt in our life, it's because, we believe those things to be true. We feel like they're true. Yes. No, I I completely agree. I recently had an experience where there was someone that was saying some things about me that weren't true. And while I knew they weren't true, it took me a second. I think that it's important to have self-reflection and be like, hey, am I really coming across this way? Because I don't want to. Is this something I need to work on? 
are they correct? But I think that it's also important to realize, like you said, that just because someone said something about you doesn't necessarily make it true just because it's not so blatantly obvious of your hair color being the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the thing is, and that comes from like knowing who you are and and knowing knowing your worth so that you're not taking all of these things in because uh, you get to decide what you're allowing in what you're what you're absorbing. Yes, exactly. And I think with that, I think it's important to have people in your life that you trust to tell you the truth about yourself so that when you do have those self-doubts, either because somebody else said something that wasn't true or because you're just having one of those days, that you can go to them and not necessarily need them to define your worth, but they can remind you of who you are um, and can say, hey, no, that is definitely not true. That's not something you have to work on. Um or whatever, versus just sitting there and internalizing it and not having other people that know you be able to validate you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think having healthy relationships and people that are supportive in your life is something that that aids in your healing. And you're able to recognize who those people are. I feel like once you also do a certain amount of your own healing. And, and when it comes to truths in relationships, there's one thing that I always say that like in loving relationships, there's no place for harsh truths because harshness, harsh words lead to harsh relationships. There's room for gentle truths. There's room for graceful truths. There's room for kind truths, but there's no room for harsh truths. And the people that love you can find ways to say things to you with grace and kindness. And those things, even if they're said with grace and kindness, they can still sing because those can be where your wounding lies. But when you start to recognize healthy relationships and healthy communication, you can also recognize this is being said with loving kindness and not with harshness or cruelty. Yes, exactly. I completely agree. And I think with some people, it may be a little bit harder, depending on the type of person they are, like if they're a very black and white person, like, um, or they're very um, logic minded versus thinking with their like emotions and whatever, it may be harder to realize like, hey, they don't mean this in a bad way. Like my husband, if I'll like tell him something I'm super excited about, he's the type of person to try and think like three steps ahead. Like if something were to happen and try to prepare me for those things. And sometimes I'm like, I just need you to celebrate with me. Um, And it took me a little bit to realize that and realize like he's coming at that from a place of love, not judgment or trying to destroy my happiness or, you know, rain on my parade or however you want to say it. Um, And so I think it's important to also realize that with those people in your life, that they may be coming at it from a perspective and from an angle that um, they mean well, but they may come across in a way that they don't mean to, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then I think that, you know, like it's also knowing, like when you know what you need, you can communicate your needs. I think that there is like, you know, Disney and like, I mean, I love Disney. Okay. So don't get me wrong. But like, um, um, and like, you know, fairy tales and like all these Hallmark movies, like they all put this in our head that like, the you know the person that loves you is just supposed to intuitively know what you need right and if you tell somebody what you need and 
you ask for what you need clearly that that isn't romantic and that is the opposite of what is actually true in real life the people can love you and care about you and not be able to intuit all of your needs um, even if they're able to intuit some of them um, because they're looking at things from their lens, from their perspective. They're not in your shoes, right? What makes the world interesting is that we all have a different lens and a different perspective. And I honestly think that when you ask somebody for something, when you say, hey, I, I need this from you, could you do this? Or this would make me feel a lot better if, if um, you were able to give this to me or do this for me and they listen to that. I don't think that there's actually anything more romantic than that, than to have somebody who is willing to hear you and listen to you and respond. Yes, I completely agree. Um, because I know that, you know, one with love languages, you know, how you receive love sometimes is how you give love and sometimes it's the opposite. And that can be hard to adjust to. Um, like my husband is not the best at words of affirmation and that's a big thing for me. So there are some times where time will go by and he hasn't complimented me or whatever. Not that I need a compliment like every two seconds, but <laughs> there are times where I'm like, Hey, like, I know that you don't mean that to make me feel like you don't think I'm pretty or you don't, you know, think that I'm a good cook or whatever it is, but you have not told me any of those things recently. So I'd really appreciate if not maybe right this second, but you know, if you kept in mind that the, that is something that would mean a lot if you were to say it tomorrow or you know what I mean? And so when he does it, it's like, oh, he heard me, he listens. And I think sometimes that it is amazing when people notice things and you don't even have to say it and then they do it. But I think that, like you said, it's just as romantic and amazing when they hear you and take what you have to mean um, and take it to heart and actually apply it. I, I would actually say that it's more special because here's the thing. There's things that you can do just because you're you and they're intuitive to you, right? Like to, you mm -hmm. respond in certain ways, but like I, you really have to care about somebody to be willing to alter your behavior and do something that isn't natural to you and that isn't comfortable to you. Like that, that requires real effort and real caring. It doesn't require real effort and real caring to just be who you are and do things how you are. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I know that you had mentioned when you were telling us a little bit about yourself, what set you out on working on your healing and working on your confidence. But what are some of the things that you did to work on your healing and to get your confidence? Yeah, so I mean, one thing is really, it, it's, it's hard and it's simple, right? But it's a really great place to start because you're always going to be in this place of feeling like you need to be on and put on a show and convince people that they need to spend time with you and do things with you until you get comfortable spending time with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is like getting comfortable with your own company. But I mean, like getting comfortable with your own company, not where you're like distracted, where there's like a screen in front of you and where like it means like actually like sitting with yourself and your feelings. And it's simple, but it's a hard thing to do. Right. When you're first starting out to be that. And and once you can get to that place um, and, and it just starts by doing it in small increments, you realize okay, like my own company isn't so bad. Sitting with my own feelings isn't so bad until it gets to a place where it gets better. I mean, that is like one place that I recommend starting. And this can involve like a lot of different things, right? Um, we we care about like the things that we spend the most time on. If you think about, if you've ever been like obsessed with any person at any point in your life, right? Like be it like maybe you had an anxious attachment in a relationship or maybe at some point you had a celebrity crush or something like that, right? Why did that happen? It's because you spent all of your day and night thinking about that person and spending time. And maybe if it was a celebrity, you bought all their posters or CDs or, you know, whatever it is, right? And this is what, you know, so you, because you put time and attention onto that person, they became special to you mm-hmm. and you can do the same thing for yourself. If you start putting time and attention on yourself, not from a place and it can be anything like anything that you want to do. It could be engaging in hobbies for yourself. It could be exercising. Right. But if you're exercising, not because you want to punish yourself, not because you're not good enough, but because it's a way that you're giving yourself the time and attention, you can spend time, getting up and putting on makeup and doing all of that because you're giving yourself that time and attention. Um, not because you need it because you look terrible without it, but because you deserve that time and attention. It could really be anything in the world that you want to do, but all of a sudden give your give that to yourself so that you start to become focused and obsessed with yourself. <laughs> I love it. I think sometimes we often will forget to do stuff like that because we're like, oh, well, we're ourselves. We know ourselves better than anybody. And I think that even with that, there are still things that I will make connections with when I'm working on healing, whether it's just sitting and being or if something comes up and then I'm thinking about the situation and then like, why am I like feeling this way about it? Or why am I reacting this way about it? And I'll be like, oh, this is because of whatever I went through this or whatever it may be. And then some of like those are really helpful moments and makes me realize how strong I am and how far I've come because I've been able to make those connections and react in a different way now than I may have in the past. And I think sometimes, like I said, we'll forget that we may not, even though we are ourselves, we're not necessarily going to know ourselves fully if we're not paying attention. Exactly. I mean, asking yourself questions like self-exploration, these are great ways to start, right? Like, I mean, I believe in affirmations. I believe in all these things. And I think that they really help. But sometimes when, like, I know when I started at the bottom, like of my journey, that I couldn't do that. Like I, there, I had too much resistance to saying affirmations, right? Which is why like self-exploration can be a great place to start, right? So instead of saying, I'm amazing, I'm fantastic, like, like sitting with yourself and asking yourself questions, right? Like, okay, like, um, just 
go online and find questions, right? And start asking yourself, journal about them. What do I like? What type of food do I like? What What is my favorite season? Why do I love that? Like, and just as you start to like spend that time to really get to know yourself, you're building a relationship with yourself. And it, as you build a relationship with yourself, you're going to start to like yourself naturally and then doing affirmations and then doing other things becomes so much easier. Yes, and I think it's important to realize the why, because especially with like certain beliefs that we may have if we grew up in the church or whatever, um, that things that we're told over and over again as we grow up and in our lives, we just experience like um, accept them as fact and so we may you know believe something or think we believe something but when we really sit back and think like why do I believe this why do I feel this way about this particular thing you may realize that your beliefs are not quite the same as what you thought and that you're only believing that way or feeling that way towards something because you've never really sat down to explore what you actually think and why it's just because what you've been told no, absolutely. And I mean, I have my four pillars of confidence and um, that I always teach everyone in all of my programs. And one of um, my pillars of confidence is to live your values. And um, one reason where people can find a hard time loving themselves is if they have all values that are in contradiction with, um, with other values that they have or they think they value something and they're living according to that, but they don't actually value it. So you have to have that set um, exploration um, within yourself to know, okay, it, do I actually value this? Am I living in a way that um, I'm living my values? Because if you're not, you're not gonna be able to like have internal respect for yourself. <laughs> Yes, I completely agree. And with sharing your story, what gave you the courage to be able to do that? Was it the work that you put in um, to work on your healing and confidence? Or how did you get up the courage to share your story more openly? So what gave me the courage to start sharing my story is that what got me through the toughest times in my life was hearing other people's stories, right? So when I was a child, I was obsessed with self-help books and, um, and I loved reading other people's stories because I didn't have anybody in my life that was a direct inspiration at that point. But I got that through books and I got that through other people's stories. And even though I, I couldn't see a way out of the situation that I was in, it instilled in me that it is possible, right? And and what I realized is that it's not the things that we go through that make us feel, that, that create the suffering, that make us feel the worst. It's believing that we're the only ones that have ever gone through that. Because there's a difference between pain and suffering. And suffering happens when we believe that it's only us and it's isolation and it's never happened before and there's no hope on the other side. Pain is just the pain that you're experiencing in the moment. And um, sharing my story allows other people to connect to what they may be experiencing, what they may not have the opportunity to be able to vocalize yet and know that they're not alone, that there's not anything wrong with them and that there is another side because I got to the other side, not because I'm 
more special or braver or anything like that. But just because I, I, I did the work and I pushed through and if they do the same thing, they can do it as well. I love it. That is one reason why I have this podcast is not only to share different things that I've learned and been through, but to allow other people to do the same. Um, And so that even if I haven't been through it, that people that listen, that could relate to something that someone else shared, that they can be encouraged. Because I think that no matter what we're going through, even if it's not the exact same as someone else, there's somebody else out there that has been through something similar enough that can remind us that we are not alone. Yeah. And I think just the more stories that you hear in general, like when you're struggling of other people that have gone through things, it just, it helps instill that hope in you that, okay, like if it's possible for all of these people and their situations, they might not be the same as mine, but they got through these tricky things that I can get through my own tricky thing. Yes, absolutely. And what are some of the things that you feel like you wish you had known sooner while you were working on your healing journey um, that you think would have been helpful that you know now? You know, I think the first one is that I could not punish or criticize myself into loving myself. (laughs) That is very true. I think there are times where I definitely have felt like I needed to do that. So that's really awesome. Are there any others? Yeah. So, um, you know, that things don't have to change quickly to change quickly, right? Like when, when we're in a place that's like so dark and so terrible, we want our lives to do a 180, right? And so mm-hmm. we're trying to push things so fast that it's like it feels impossible right because like what we're trying to push against is so heavy and so hard and um the reason that we want to push through it so quickly is because uh we're so unhappy where we are right and when I say that things don't have to change quickly to change quickly meaning that those little changes those little tiny things that you're doing add up and they add up a lot faster than you think that they will, right? And it's just like, you know, if, if you're saying terrible things to yourself every single day, and if the very first place you can stop before you can even say, you don't have the capacity to say anything kind to yourself, is just to stop that feedback loop every single time you catch yourself saying something unkind, notice that it's unkind and notice that you don't want to be unkind, including to yourself. And if you stop that, if, even if it's that tiny of a thing, right? And you, you do that, in three weeks, the difference that that's going to have in your life and the ability that that's going to create for you to move forward. um, And each little step that you take gets easier and easier. And change happens much faster than you think it will when you don't try to push so hard and do everything at one time. Yes, I love that. I think oftentimes we overcomplicate things like that and think that we have to make all these changes at once. And I think sometimes we forget that sometimes just one change can then snowball into other changes that then in turn make other changes and it then can make the big change that we want. And it doesn't have to be all these things at once because you're going you're going to burn yourself out if you do that. Um, even with like dieting or exercising, if you try to do every single thing and make all these changes and throw out all this food and 
you know, do a workout every day and all of this stuff. I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but if you try to do too much at once, you're then going to burn out and just stop completely versus making a habit out of those changes. And when you have a habit of punishing yourself and not loving yourself by trying to do too much, you set up an opportunity to be able to do that because you're just not going to like, even people that do the most don't do the most every single day. Right. So like, I'm talking like people who are like, um, you know, triathletes that compete on a world stage and like they do the most, right? They don't do the most every single day of their life, right? And when you are trying to do that, and you're trying to start it, you're and you already have this negative feedback loop in your mind set up where you're in the habit of punishing yourself, you create way too many opportunities to do that. But when you set small goals, right? Like, let's just say it's like, I'm going to drink a glass of water the first thing I wake up every morning and that's just your goal for a whole week that's it right you set up opportunities to be proud of yourself because if every day that you do that you're going to feel proud of yourself that you accomplish something you're building self-trust with yourself as you're doing that because you're keeping that promise to yourself and um and as you build that pride in yourself, it becomes easier for you to do other things, right? It's that's something that is so small that it's a promise that's easy for you to do every single day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and what are some ways that you would say that people who are parents or aunties, uncles, etc., cetera, um, can instill confidence in the kids in their life at an early age? One big one is... Kids are watching what you do and how you treat yourself more than the instructions that you give them. So if you're a parent and you're looking at yourself and you're like talking negatively to yourself and your kid sees that, they are internalizing that as a way that they should be treating themselves. Even if you're telling your kid that they're the most beautiful, intelligent, amazing person and you're looking in the mirror and you're like oh look at these rolls look at these bags look at this your kid is internalizing what you're saying to yourself so the best thing that you can do is work on the things that you're saying to yourself how you're treating yourself so that you're setting that example Absolutely. I completely agree. I know that um, a couple years ago when I was living with one of my nieces for a little bit, she was three at the time, I believe. And there was a couple times where she came into my room and I was looking in the mirror and I had to stop myself from saying the negative things out loud that I wanted to, because I knew that if I did, that I didn't want her to hear those things and think those things. Um, And so I think that it's always, it's not easy. And obviously there are times where, especially if you're a parent and you're with your kid all the time, it's a lot harder to make sure that you never say anything negative about yourself. But I definitely agree that what we see the adults in our lives doing from an early age plays into how we think 
we well, should be to ourselves because they're they're copying behavior they're model like you're modeling behavior right and mm-hmm. the thing is like instead of just like not saying it around your kids that's what i'm saying like the best thing that you can do is like break that loop for yourself where you say negative things to yourself and it is possible right like it doesn't like you don't have to love yourself and think you're the most gorgeous amazing thing every single moment of your life that is not what self-love always looks like but self-love looks like just being kind to yourself right and so that means not saying negative things to yourself that means okay like even if you get up in the mirror and you don't think that you look the best you're like it's okay I'm human and I'm allowed to look like this, right? And start believing those things about yourself. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. And I know on your website that you have a um, thing where you can people can put in their email or whatever and see, I think it was six queen rules yes. to blissful love. And could you share those with the listeners? Um, so, um, it's something you can, they can download and it's totally free. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it is something that I (laughs) created a while ago, so I don't necessarily remember them, um, all off the top of my head, but, um, but basically it's all about like stepping into yourself and stepping into, um, uh, into your worth so that you can become, um, more magnetic. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, I love it. I did. I did read them, but I didn't write them all down. So I probably (laughs) should have. Um, And I know you mentioned that you have done different speaking experiences and different things. What um, would you say was your favorite in what different kinds of speaking things have you done so far? So I love speaking on stages and I love sharing my story. But you know, the funny thing is, as much as I love it, it still terrifies me every single time before I go on stage. So, I mean, um, if you're afraid of doing anything in your life, (laughs) let that be like, even if you're, even if you love it, like, even if you're terrified, you could end up loving it. (laughs) And even if you love it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be terrified of it anymore. So (laughs) that's always something to keep in mind. But I, I love to be able to share my story of the things that I've, um, um, gone through in my personal life. I love to speak to um, survivors of um, domestic violence. I also love to speak to entrepreneurs um, and and share with them um, how they can step into um, their worth to become more magnetic as well. That's awesome. And was there any particular um, speaking engagement that you had that you would say was um, your favorite? Okay, so this isn't my favorite, but this was, this is the one that actually led to the most personal growth for me. So, you know, what is your biggest fear on stage as a speaker? What would my biggest fear would be? (laughs) Yeah, or just anyone like, so I would say I do not, um, like getting up in front of people. Yeah. (laughs) I would rather if I'm talking and I'm talking to somebody and then like a crowd forms around me and they're all listening, but it didn't start out with me getting up in front of a bunch of people. To me, I, I don't really care because, you know, it happens slowly. But if it was like, I'd have to get up and speak in front of the same amount of people and they're all just staring at me. I feel like that would be super intimidating because what if, I don't know, what if they think that what I have to say is silly 
or okay so <laughs> does it so make my, sense so my, like, what? so my biggest fear and for most people is that you bomb right that that you <laughs> and so um and that you forget what you're supposed to say so this actually happened to me i was on a stage um and there were 600 people in the audience and uh at an event and i came out and i started speaking and then my microphone failed and so then the people couldn't hear me and so then the event organizer stopped it and they said okay let's go back and let's start over and so i did so i came out but when i started over i started to forget my speech oh no and um i wanted to run off the stage and i wanted to cry um and i was absolutely mortified um but even though i was stumbling I kept going and I finished and, um, and I had obviously forgotten parts of it and, and I had to fill in the story in a way that wasn't sequential and didn't quite make sense. Um, and yet I still ended up getting a standing ovation when I finished and I, 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 and even after that, I wanted to like run off the stage and I wanted to like die and I wanted to hide, but I didn't. I forced myself to go out into the crowd and mingle with people. And I realized that I had still had impact on the people that I needed to have impact on and maybe even more so because they saw how human I was and that I wasn't perfect. And the fact that I continued and that that in itself was something that was more inspiring. And it made me realize like that, that's one of the most impactful times because I realized, okay, if I bomb, I'm not going to (laughs) die. And um, what I say still matters and I'm still going to connect with the people that I need to connect with. I'm, were there people that judged me? Probably, but they didn't have the courage to come up to me and say anything right to me. So it didn't, it didn't affect me really. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's one thing that I normally will try to tell myself before I do something that I may be scared to do is like, what's the worst that could happen? Okay. Well, if that does happen, what is going to be the result of that? and then figure that out and then be like okay that's not even that bad and I think that that for me is really helpful and not to necessarily think of experiences in a negative light but just to remind myself that even if the worst happens it's not even that big of a deal yeah and the thing is it made me more comfortable because if it happens again I'm prepared to to deal with it and Um, you know, I'm prepared to handle all of those emotions, like any level of success in our life. um, The reason that we hold ourselves back is because it comes with an element of duality, right? If you want to be more attractive and you want to be more successful in any area of your life. So if you want to be more attractive to like suitors, right? Um, If you're single, if you want to, um, even if you're in a relationship and you want to become more attractive to your partner, This means that you're like, they're not the only people with eyes, like other people are going to see you're going to get more attention, right? And that Mm -hmm. means you're going to get attention from people that you don't like. So can you hold that? Do you have the capacity to hold that? Can you handle that? Because if you can't, then you can't step into that level of attractiveness and magnetism. And the same applies if you're a business owner as well, right? You want to be more attractive to your clients. You're in, and 
that means being seen by people. And if you're be seen by a lot of people, you're going to resonate with a lot of people and people are going to be excited to buy from you and connect with you. But you're also going to trigger people. And there's people that you're going to get backlash from. But if you don't have the capacity to hold all of that, you can't step up into your next level of being seen or success. Absolutely. I think that with anything, like you said, there's going to be um, the chance of people not liking what we're doing or judging us. And I think sometimes that often is what stops us. But I think it's important to remember that no matter if people judge us or not, if we are able to help somebody or to encourage somebody like that should be worth the judgment or the hate that we may get. Yes. And if you love what you're doing, like if you're connected to it from your heart, right? That has to be the thing that drives you. That has to be the why. That's why you can't, it has to be because it's important to you. And it's, and what is important to every single person is different. But if your why is, I feel connected to this. I feel good doing this. I know in my core that I'm meant to do this. Then you have to let hold on to that and let that be the driving factor. And it can't be outside validation that you're choosing as the driving factor. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to hold the duality. Yes. Like we were talking about earlier with other people giving us that validation, but not giving ourselves validation. If we're looking at it, looking for it from other outside sources, if they fail us in that area, then we're going to feel like a failure. And that's not going to last um, that confidence and whatever is not going to be able to last long term if we're not able to have it within ourselves first. Yes. And, and the thing is, and it doesn't mean that you can't have it from anybody, but the thing is you have to have the capacity to like, because it doesn't matter how lovable you are. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. It doesn't matter how anything you are you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, right? Like, you know, it's like the, like you could be like the juiciest, most wonderful, amazing peach. And there's always going to be someone who hates peaches, right? So you have to um, like your worth. That's why it has to come from you. And that means you can enjoy like validation and things like that from other people, but you're not reliant on it. Yes, exactly. And I think one thing that oftentimes people will say that I disagree with is that you need to love yourself first before others can love you. And I think that it's important to remember that other people can love us and we're still lovable, even if we don't believe it about ourselves yet. Um, But we're not going to be able to, like we said, fully be able to um, love ourselves or trust it if we don't find it within ourselves first. Yeah. I mean, the issue is, okay, the thing is you are lovable and you are going to be loved whether you love yourself or not, but you're not going to let it in. That's the problem until you love yourself. Like as you move them, like, like, so that someone can stand in front of you and love you all, (laughs) all that you want, but you're not going to like, you're not going to let that love in. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And with, I know you talked about coaching and different things like that. I know you do group and one-on-one, at least I'm pretty sure you do. Yes. What are um, both of those things like? Like what's the difference between the one-on-one coaching and the group coaching? Obviously, besides the, you're just doing it with you and then other people are there with you. But like, what are those things like? 
So my group coaching programs are structured um, typically for six or eight weeks. Um, um, so they're shorter containers and my private coaching containers are all five month containers, right? Because my the purpose of my private coaching is to do a full transformation and you need more time for integration. In the group coaching programs, I give you all of the tools. I give you all of the skills that you can walk away and you can create that transformation um, as well. But um, I don't set it up as much time for integration. Um, the difference also with group coaching sometimes is for people that are actually really stuck, they just know that they want something better, but they're they're feeling really stuck sometimes group coaching can actually be better because being with other people who are asking different questions who are in different stages of their own growth and listening to how they're being coached can actually help you break out of your stuckness awesome and um i'm sure people can find this on your website but um what are like the cost ranges in general for um, either one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching with you? Yeah. So my, um, my um, signature group coaching program is called Sexy Confidence, which is all about <laughs> stepping into the most uh, sexiest, uh, radiant, confident version of yourself. And the cost for that is um, uh, $1,800. And um, my um, private coaching is um, it's uh, $5,000. <laughs> Awesome. And for anyone that is wanting to get into the coaching business, what is some of the advice that you have for them? And like, what are different steps that they would have to take in order to become a coach? So the advice that I would have is just start before you're ready. Um, honestly, and make sure that you're really connected to your why have your why written down. Um, where you can see it every single day and then find a program of certification that resonates with you somewhere where you feel safe somewhere where you feel trusted and really honor that for yourself and go there but start before you're ready because coaching isn't isn't regulated and you're going to become a good coach by coaching so Start by doing like $20 sessions for like for friends, right? Um, start there because you're going to learn what you know and what you don't know. And then even as you go into a certification program, even as you go into a training program, you're going to get so much more out of that with the knowledge of what you know and what you don't know. <laughs> That's awesome advice. I love that. And for people looking for um, classes and courses on coaching, where are some of the places that you know of that they can find those resources? So there are so many, it, and it depends on which area of coaching that you want to do. Um, so there isn't any specific one that I'd recommend because it depends on how, like, where you feel personally called. But if you feel called to coaching, I would just put that intention out to the universe and I promise you things are going to start popping up for you for training programs and certification programs, Google them, look them up, but like stuff will start to come, come into your world once you put it out there and then see what really resonates with your, with your soul, what is teaching what you really want and like really, really 
go with that. Like, don't look for necessarily the cheapest program. Don't necessarily look for the most expensive program. Pick the one that is resonating the most with you because the teacher that resonates the most with you is the one that is going to create the most impact for you. Awesome. I love that. And I know that you mentioned um, at the beginning that you are an author. So have you written books? I noticed on the website that you have a blog, um, but do you have like a book out there or what kind of things do you and have you written? Yeah. So I've co-authored two books and I have a, um, a solo book that is coming out in April. So the two books that I've co-authored, one is called Healing and Growth. And um, in that, I wrote a chapter about overcoming infidelity. Um, the other book is called Our Yellow Brick Road. And um, uh, my chapter in that is um, I share, um, I, I do share a lot about my personal journey. That is um a book that was written by, uh, that I wrote with um, nine other inspirational speakers and we all shared our, um, some of our most popular speeches and we put them together in, uh, uh, we combined them into our chapters. Um, so it is, it is a powerful inspirational book. And um, my solo book, my first solo book that is coming out in April is called Broken to Blissful. And in it, I share my journey of how I overcame childhood abuse um, and how I learned to love myself and tangible steps that people can take to do that for themselves. That is so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Um, Are those books that you have written things for, is that on your website or can people find those on Amazon? Yeah, they're on they're on Amazon or anywhere else books are sold uh, as well. Awesome. You'll definitely have to remind me when your book is out so I can let the listeners know that it is out um, because I'm sure that anyone listening would probably love to check it out. And I noticed on your website that you also have a podcast and a Facebook community group. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so my podcast, um, I share, um, I, I've been on a bit of a hate, <laughs> hiatus because I also um, uh, co-host um, uh, a number of shows on Thriving Women Network on E360 TV. <laughs> um, but uh, so I had to, <laughs> I had to pause my podcast in order to be able to do everything else that I'm doing. Um, but really, I there's some solo episodes where I share things about relationships, um, advice, thoughts, and then I have um, episodes with guests and, and, and I am relaunching my podcast for 2024. So I'm going to have a lot more guests and really great content. Um, I wanted to create free resources and free content for people to be able to help themselves because um, when I coach people one-on-one, there is an energetic exchange. I am giving so much of myself into, even if it's a group coaching program, into the people that I'm supporting. And I'm so passionate and I love to be able to do that. But I have to be able to charge enough money that it makes that energetic exchange 
worthwhile for both people, right? So um, I also wanted to create free resources and that's, that's where my, my, my podcast is. If someone ever says, okay, you know, I'm struggling and I need help. I wanted to create that. And that's, that's also um, why I'm writing my book because, you know, the book isn't going to be a free resource, but it's going to be a very affordable resource um, uh, for people to be able to take that first step. And sometimes when people are really struggling, they don't have a lot of outside resources. That's awesome. I love that. And can you remind me what the name of your podcast is? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it's called the Blissful Love Podcast. (laughs) Love it. And with the Facebook group, um, I think that was private because I think I joined it. Um, What do you do with the Facebook group? So the my private Facebook group, um, I created that um, in a kind I kept it private because it's a safe space if people want to ask questions. In terms of the content, I post, I also post most of the content that I post in the group publicly as well. But sometimes when it comes to relationships or personal issues, people don't want to ask me a question and post it on my public Facebook page because their family or friends can see it. And there is a level, um, that they don't of privacy that they wish to have. So I wanted to create this free group where people could go in and post questions and ask questions and have um, a sense of privacy in there. That's awesome. And can people um, post themselves or just comment on things that you have shared? Yeah. So people can post questions and, um, uh, and things like that. What I don't have people do um, is, answer other people's questions like so people can go in and they can if someone posts something and they want to support them they can definitely go in and do that but I don't have other people in the group um giving advice in case it's not in line with the advice that I would give makes sense and what is that Facebook community group called so um it's called blissful love Awesome. And is there anything else that we may not have touched on or that we did, but you would like to add? Um, Is there any other thoughts that you wanted to share with us? I mean, I always like to, when I'm, um, (laughs) when I'm speaking or when I'm on a podcast, or I always like to end with letting people know, because sometimes people can listen and they're interested in self-growth and self-development and, you know, Um, they can hear things and they could hear the things that they're quote doing wrong and um, start to feel really bad. And, you know, because they're already in this place where they're feeling bad and, and start to feel worse about themselves. Right. And I always like to remind people, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And once you know it, you can do something about it. You can change it. And the the most important thing is that you're having that awareness now because the past is over and you can't change it anyway. So um, worry about right now and, and, you know, thinking about everything that you did wrong or all the mistakes you were making, it is not going to help you to love yourself and to feel better. I absolutely love that. I think that's so true. I think to a point it's important to, think about different things that we've done or different things that we've been through in order to work on improving ourselves, working on healing and all of that. But I think thinking about those things in order to stay stuck in the past, as well as in order to um, continue to like punish ourselves, so to speak, for what we did 
I think that that is when it becomes a problem because like you said, we can't change the past by thinking about it or going over and over it again in our head. We can only change what we do now moving forward. Exactly. (laughs) And as far as social media and all of that, where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, I, my, um, my handle is at Navi Bliss and I'm on <laughs> uh, everywhere, but the places where I'm, um, you're going to find me the most is on uh, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Awesome. And as far as, since I like to ask all my special guests because of the name of the podcast being Beautiful Legacy, what kind of legacy do you want to leave and why? The legacy that I want to leave is that every person that I came into contact with ended up leaving my presence, feeling better about themselves and loving themselves a little bit more. I love that. And what would you say besides your coaching are you doing to make that happen? I think it's just embodying that in who I am, right? I love to offer my presence to people. So just see people, right. And I'm able to do that because I'm able to live in my own confidence, right. Because when you're insecure and you're not living in your confidence, every moment that you're with other people, you're comparing yourself to them. You're thinking if you're better or you're worse and you're thinking about yourself. And when you, and when you can live in your confidence, you're able to give the gift of your presence to other people. And that is such a gift because you're able to, to see them. You're able to listen to them. You're able to notice them. And if, even if it's a short interaction that you're having with somebody, um, like in a checkout line or anything like that, if you're able to offer your presence to them in that moment and they've gone through a whole day without anyone doing that, I think that that has the ability to create so much impact in people's lives and they can feel it in your energy. I love that. I think that that is so true. And I really appreciate you giving me some of your time today and coming on the podcast Um, And as always to the listeners, you are loved, you are worth it, you are priceless, and I will talk to you all later. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.